Welcome. I'm Anastasia Glova, bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. In an upcoming policy analysis for the Cato Institute titled Toward Property Rights and Spectrum, the difficult policy choices ahead. University of Colorado professors Dale Hatfield and Phil Weiser highlight the difficulties of creating a property-oriented system for electromagnetic spectrum. Cato Director of Information Policy Studies Jim Harper discusses these issues in today's podcast. What kind of policies are necessary to allow wireless broadband to emerge as a serious provider of Internet services? Currently, Radio spectrum, the electromagnetic spectrum, is allocated by the Federal Communications Commission in a highly regulatory, highly convoluted, complicated, and expensive process. Because of that, the radio spectrum hasn't been moved to its highest and best uses. Spectrum that could be used for broadband Internet services is being held by television broadcasters, for example. And there are just a myriad of different uses for spectrum that are not being made today. So changes in how spectrum is used will bring new products, new services over wireless so that we can catch up with some other countries that are doing a lot better with wireless services right now. What are some of the difficulties that complicate the regulatory process? Well, mostly it's the command and control system that the Federal Communications uses to allocate spectrum. Spectrum is a natural resource, just like land is, just like coal or oil, air or water. But unlike these other natural resources, this one can't be put on the market and sold from one party to another. So potential users of Spectrum, innovators who would make new uses of Spectrum and make them available to all of us in the form of new products, can't buy the Spectrum. They have to go to the government and plead for the Spectrum. But meanwhile, the holders of existing Spectrum are able to hoard it. And because they already have the Spectrum, they're in an advantageous position. It's not only expensive to create new products that use wireless, it's also very difficult to get through the regulatory process. So a change from the regulatory model to a more property-oriented model is what we need to do. Why do we need to model spectrum property rights after traditional property rights? If spectrum were treated more like property, people would be able to trade it. And just like trade intangible goods, they would move it to higher and better uses. So that spectrum now being held and maybe not used at all, or being used inefficiently, or being used for purposes that don't advance consumer welfare, would move to uses that do advance consumer welfare because it would naturally find a higher value. Without doing that, without using a property rights model and relying on this governmental model, we've lost years and years of innovation and literally billions of dollars in consumer welfare. So communications that we could be having, including high-speed Internet access over wireless, including better quality phone conversations, fewer dropped calls, connections to your wireless device when you're underground or when you're in the sky. These things are all potentials that we've foregone because we have this regulatory model. Moving to a property rights model is the way that we can get to all the good uses of spectrum that are available to us. How will this differ from the FCC's already existing regulations for radio spectrum? The FCC and Congress have taken some very small steps toward propertyization of spectrum, Sometimes spectrum is auctioned off rather than just allocated by regulatory fiat, and that's progress, but a great deal more has to be done. And in the paper we've got coming out, we discuss some of the details in terms of how a property rights model would work and how it's very difficult to do. The FCC really has not been doing the heavy legwork that it needs to do to figure out how to create property rights, how to allocate the spectrum. Now, we all know that on land, you can 
you can organize property rights in terms of basically two dimensions, north versus south, east versus west. You just lay out the map and figure out who can use what piece of property. Spectrum is more complicated than that, and there may be as many as seven different dimensions, including not just geographic dimensions, the dimension of time, but also angle and elevation, things like that. So there's a lot of complexity to it. But we need to map out what property rights in Spectrum would look like and then begin doing that. The paper that we've got coming out discusses the problems with doing that so that hopefully experts in the FCC and academia and think tanks can work on the solutions. How does this relate to the debate over net neutrality? Well, right now Congress is dithering over whether Internet service providers, broadband providers, should be subject to what is essentially public utility-style regulation in how they provide their broadband services. What's commonly known as net neutrality is really regulation of the provision of broadband. So it's very concerning to see. The debate over net neutrality really boils down to competition. Most people complain, and and there's some legitimacy to the concern, that only one or two broadband providers are available in many areas, and some even less. Is that sufficient competition? Well, that's a fine debate to have. But it's more important to work on developing more competition. And if we had a property rights model in Spectrum, Wireless broadband would be another major competitor to DSL and cable, the two terrestrial sources of broadband. So rather than debating over dividing up a static pie, Congress should be focusing and the FCC should be focusing on improving competition by improving access to the spectrum for the companies that would provide us wireless broadband. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.